Howdy, hey. Welcome to the Texans Take. Alrighty. So, we hope you really enjoyed uh, Bill Hill's uh, Easter talk. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Very eye-opening. The the uh, the bit where he talked about the, um, I guess it's Exodus 10, was it? Exodus 10 is the end of the... It was 11, but yeah. 11, 11 the end of the uh, um, uh, the plagues. Now I'll have to look at that. Um, but anyway, um, and so the second to last plague was darkness and then the yeah. final plague was the death of the firstborn that's so and that's he was he was very saying surreal. you know hey what happened immediately before jesus's death three hours of complete and total darkness <clears throat> right and then the, the the you know firstborn of uh basically the god's firstborn his only begotten son dies on the cross you're saying not a coincidence. And I had never thought about that. No. Before, ever. And <laughs> it's like uh, Exodus 12. You know what Exodus 12 is, right? And I was like, ah, shoot, Bible trivia. Uh, it's like, we should know this. And he was like, what? You don't know Exodus 12? You can't be a Christian unless you know Exodus 12. I was like, oh boy. Um, Hi, I'm Stuart. I'm new to Christianity. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, been a Christian my whole life. Anyway, <clears throat> but all that to say, that was very insightful. It was really cool. Um, and uh, that it was. I was talking to uh, uh, I was talking to Martin um, or uh, Martin Payne, our pastor, about that. And he was like, "Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I think it's great when you've got a whole bunch of pastors that you're friends with, and you just talk with them. And you know, I know when I talk to certain pastor peoples that if I just ask a little question that I'm interested in, you know, it's going to be like a guy who's, you know, really into cars. They're going to give you all the information that there is, and then some. And Bill does that. You yes. know. He'll give you everything that you didn't want to know or did want to know. It doesn't matter because you're getting it. Right. You know? And um, and I love that. I think that's great, you know. Um, but uh, so it's cool to it's cool to see different perspectives from different pastors and see what because everybody's got a different personality. Heck, when you read through the gospels and different books of the Bible, you know, people writing the book it's all inspired by god right but it's all it's different personalities you know and that's what makes it more real is that god's using real people to write his holy scriptures um and so sometimes you get things stressed more in one book than another sometimes you get one perspective <coughs> stressed more than another you see the same the same thing with you know pastors friends whatever you know they're going to stress one thing more than something else they're going to have this part just apps. They're going to know everything about it. They're going to obsess oh, yeah. over it. But then there's other parts where they don't know quite as much, you know. And so that's why it's really cool to have a bunch of, you know, pastors for friends because, you know, 
you can get a wealth of information and it's all good. Um, which reminds me, <clears throat> I went shooting down in South Georgia. Oh, it's a little over a year ago now. And we were invited down there by our uh, pastor friend because he teaches shooting because he's cool like that. <laughs> and uh, it was me, my brother Nathaniel, my cousin Austin. We went, all went down there to learn to shoot uh, handguns. Uh, we took a quick draw course. And uh, he had about five or six other other pastors there. And we, we were all learning this handgun course together. And that was really cool because you got about six or seven <coughs> pastors, different denominations, different backgrounds, but all brothers in Christ. Right. Uh, and not just brothers in Christ, but like knowledgeable. These are pastors. They preach at their church on Sunday. Right. You know, weekly. Um, and everybody was learning how to shoot. And wow, that was cool because we were shooting, you know, during class time. And then outside of class time, you know, they were talking theology, politics. Oh, that's great. Oh, it was incredible. And, you know, I was akin to a, akin to a, um, you know, a housefly. You know, because they were all doing their talking and stuff, and I was just sitting there on the side, soaking it in. That was cool. Uh, that was really cool. And um, so, ah, anyway. Um, so, uh, Texas, old Greg Abbott uh, bans vaccine passports. And so... Um, this is kind of a, a new thing, uh, vaccine passports. It's the idea, I guess, that you know you can't travel unless you've been vaccinated. Not just vaccinated, but COVID nineteen. Well, it's not just travel. It's going into stores, uh, buying food. Well, yeah, it's going to extend yes. further than that. Yeah, uh, you know, um, the the highest order is. Um, you know, like traveling between states, countries, and stuff like that, as far as a passport goes. Uh, but it's definitely being talked about enforcing, and in some place possibly enforcing, on lower levels like, you know, going to the grocery store, um, getting, I guess, social security payouts. Right. You know, um, basically anything that you would normally, any transaction that you could normally make, Right. For goods, you know, you can't do unless you have your approvable, I guess, COVID nineteen card. Yeah, and I, I even think they have incredibly, incredibly uh, anti-American. Uh, I am against it with every fiber of my body, and um, and it's good to see places like Texas, um, where banning vaccine passports i'm just going to read this little bit here it says uh, republican texas governor greg abbott announces a ban on government mandated vaccine passports tuesday morning and so it's not necessarily a ban on passports you know there's a lot of stuff that the government does 
uh, or enforces, quote unquote, yeah, that are on government level, you know, government territory. You know, the government has, you know, um, authority over a specific, you know, over a, a, a higher subset of things, right? Um, and so, if a private business owner wanted to um, have a vaccine passport of their own device, whatever, that's something that, you know, it would be harder for government officials to be able to fight against that just because it's a private business. They can kind like of Like a membership-based business. Right, right, right. <clears throat> you know, um, and so though there, there is, I'm sure that there's some sort of legal stuff you can do to, you know, get rid of that or get around that. Um, but it's definitely something that's, you know, within a private business owners, um, you know, if they want to do that, I'm sure that, you know, they can, I think it's stupid and anti-American and just like, anyway, whatever. Um, but as far as Texas officials go, um, you, there is Greg Abbott has banned government mandated. So the government cannot mandate <clears throat> vaccine passports. And I don't know what that says for the city level, uh, like individual, like, you know, city level stuff. I assume they still have their own. They probably have their own. I don't know. I'm going to keep reading. Let's see. The Republican governor issued an executive order on Monday banning any regulation that would require Texans to show proof of vaccinations before getting a product or service. The order also blocks all businesses. Oh, okay. Wow. So it's down to the business level. The order also blocks all businesses or entities receiving state funds from acquiring vaccine documentation as well. So if there's any business, oh, let's say Walmart is getting subsidies from the Texas government. You know, the Walmarts in Texas are getting subsidies from the Texas government. Um, Walmart now cannot enforce any kind of vaccination passport because they are being funded by the government. And so, you know, if you're a private business and government and you are, you know, Nothing. There's no. There's no ties. No monetary ties between you, aside from your regular taxpayers, whatever. Then uh, you can, I'm sure, still have a, you know, acquire some sort of weird tech, uh, vaccine passport. But um, you would almost have to do it on a membership basis. You would. You would. Um, like uh, you know, you would. You would have privatizing like clubs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you have any monetary ties with the government, as far as um, let's see, receiving, receiving state funds of any kind, then you cannot require or enforce, uh, vaccine documentation, um, you know, before <coughs> transacting goods and services. Um, and so basically the government of Texas is doing probably the most that it can do right now, as far as reducing or eliminating vaccine, you know, passports and stuff like that. And that's good. Um, and I would like to say Greg Abbott is doing this of his own free will and he thinks it's a great idea. I don't know if that's the case. Nah, something, tells me, good. something tells me that it's a lot of pressure that 
you know, Texas as a whole really doesn't want that. And so hopefully he's going with what Texas wants, not what he wants. Hopefully he's actually acting on his, you know, constitutional mind. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. All I'm saying is good on you, Texas. And if, you know, if Greg Abbott is, you know, acting not against pressures or anything, but, uh, you know, if he's acting with a constitutional mind, then good on him for that. It's about time. Um, and uh, anyway, so let's see. Everyday Texas returned to normalcy as more people get the COVID vaccine. In fact, this week, Texas will surpass 13 million doses administered. Abbott said in a Tuesday video announcement, those shots help slow the spread of COVID, reduce hospitalizations, reduce fatalities. But as I have said all along, these vaccines are always voluntary and never forced, as they should be. He doesn't say that. I said that. <laughs> Government should not require any Texan to show proof of vaccination and reveal private health information just to go about their daily lives. Yep. That's good. I agree. Absolutely. I so I heard this from the Daily Wire. If you want to know my source, that's um, that's Ben Shapiro's thing is the Daily Wire. Um, I have a lot of... I think you can get pretty good news from Ben Shapiro. Um, he is an interesting cat. He's but... an interesting cat. He's not a Christian. He's you know definitely Jewish. Um, I think he does a lot of... I think he has a, a constitutional mind... Uh, a lot of friends disagree with that. Um, but I think on the whole, as far as policies and stuff goes, he's got a pretty sharp mind about subjects and is constitutionally minded. So anyway, the stuff that I've seen from him, I think is pretty good. Um, uh, others may disagree. Uh, that's fine. But anyway, um, well, let's, uh, there's not too much going on with Brig and I. There was a little bit of a cold going nah. Was it a cold, a flu, just kind know. of the, the local... Just like the local crud. Crud. The local creeping crud going around. A lot of my family has got it and got over it. Um, Brig's now enjoying all of its benefits or deficits or whatever you want to call them. Uh, um, but, uh, so, anyway. That be as it may. It's one of those deals when you've got a close knit family, you know. It's gonna make its way through. It's everybody. gonna make its way. It's gonna make its rounds, you know. And some people like Nathaniel is like usually a... <laughs> pretty darn resilient against even. Which is funny because usually crap. I am too. Yeah, yeah. I'm very resilient. Um... I'm usually pretty resilient. I was fasting, and I'm <laughs> wondering if that's the reason that took it down a little bit. Right. Right. You know, fasting is a great and it's a good thing. I can't say it's what you should be doing if there's a sickness going around. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, though there are many beneficial and helpful things and, you know, about fasting, it's... Uh... Well, listen, the kids got it too. So... Oh, did they? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's, made, it's, it's made its, it's way through. It's everybody. making its rounds. You know what? Uh, it's like my uncle has always said, um, uh, the, flu is going to, the flu is going to flu. You know, that's kind of the way it, it does things. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, stay tuned. We're going to take a break here and we'll be right back. 
We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. All right, we All are right. back. So we are in the book of Samuel. Uh, we're actually in 1 Samuel 21. Um, so previously on Texans Take. So if you remember... Jonathan has just shot the arrows past David. Remember, David is hiding in the field, grass, behind trees, whatever. And he was like, Jonathan, man, your dad's out to kill me, bro. He really is. And Jonathan is like, Jonathan is like, dude, come on. No, 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 no. Dad's okay. Okay. He's chill now. He's chill. You know, and uh, he likes you, I think, and he respects you. And um, he might have tried to kill you the last time, uh, but he's he's okay, you know. And David's like, yeah, look, I love you, man, but your dad's trying to kill me. I'm serious, bro. And Jonathan's like, okay, well, I think you're wrong. And David's like, well, I think you're wrong, but I honor and love um, our relationship. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to propose a just a little scenario and see if you know it'll prove it'll prove you know if i'm gonna try to prove that your dad is out to get me and if he's not well take your sword and you know gut me like sheep you know and jonathan's like you know whoa man you know um but i don't think that it'll show that i'm pretty sure that it'll show that your dad's against me uh, and Jonathan's like, yeah, and Jonathan's like, you know, okay, well, let's do this. You go out in the field. Um, I will tell my dad that you are out to worship with your family. Um, they needed you for whatever reason. You're going out there. You're just, you know, uh, going to sacrifice with your family. And if dad's upset about that, then you are probably right but if he's not upset about that he's like oh great wonderful i'm glad he's enjoying himself then you know then you're pretty much wrong and so if you are wrong then i'll shoot the arrows in front of you and tell my boy to go out and grab them if you're right though then i'll shoot the arrows past you and tell my boy to go out to grab them. And when you see him running past you, you know to run just like he is away. So that's what they did. And David was right. Saul was wroth. He was mad. And he was, you know, just filled with fury. What? David's gone to worship with his family? That little scoundrel boy. Uh, uh, he even... He even, doesn't he even he even throws he does yeah he throws a he throws a spear throws at him. a spear at Jonathan yeah and Jonathan you know, right beside Jonathan you know basically showing hey that's for David you know and Jonathan's like ooh hey David bruh, you better run son <laughs> it's it, it's real yeah it's real <laughs> you were right I hate to say it and so anyway I'm gonna read the last little bit of um, chapter twenty. Uh, as soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place towards the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. They kissed one another, he talking about Jonathan, and they wept together, but David more so. Then Don- Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, 
May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And that was it. So now we are in chapter 21. That was a quick recap. A little bit long recap, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, David and the Holy Bread. All right. La, 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 la. Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you with the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. That's not what he said. He said, Why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men uh, to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have, never, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and uh, the bread is in effect common, even though it was con consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there uh, but the show bread, which had been taken before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here a hand, on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you take, if you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one there. Good night. It's like Goliath's sword. Granted, he chopped Goliath's head off with it. <clears throat> That's it's still, still a big, big sword. sword. Jinx. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. <laughs> little David. <laughs> um, someone help me lift this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the Achish. king of Gath. And the servants... <coughs> Goliath was from Gath, wasn't he? It was Goliath of Gath, so yes. Yeah. And the servants of Achish said to him... <laughs> <laughs> Achish? Yeah. Is this not David, the king of the land... Did they not sing to him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Now, David took these words to heart, and was very much afraid of Achish the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see, this man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? I have... No need of madmen, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Have I need of madmen, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? 
Shall this fellow come into my house? Ah, that's the end of 21. <laughs> uh, so David... Uh, David's like, quick, I'm crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, and the king's like, you know, hey, he killed Goliath. Uh, and they sang great songs about him and Saul about how many of us they killed. Why do I want him here? <laughs> and David's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm crazy. He's like, oh, okay, well, I don't need a crazy man either. Send him away. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm not sure exactly what all is going on here with the holy bread. Um, but it's obvious, which mind you, this is another instance of, you know, David, you know, uh, you don't owe the truth to somebody who's going to misuse it. Right. David is not a hundred percent truthful with a priest here. No. He's not. He's like, you know, Hey, um, yeah, Saul sent me, I'm on business, had to leave pretty quick. Didn't have much with me. Um, but my guy's here pretty hungry. I'm pretty hungry, not going to lie. Uh, what you got to eat? He's like, well, eat. If you guys kept yourself clean and away from women, we, we, got, some, we got some holy bread over here. He's like, eh, my guys have been clean, away from women. We're good. So they ate. And uh, so anyway, um, yeah. Let's see. Well, let's move on to 22. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. So this is kind of a little, ba uh, a little band of, you know... Um, how would you put it? This is kind of the, well, like it says, everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt, everyone who is discontented, you know, so they're kind of the rejects. That's where I'm going. They're the rejects. These are not, you know, the strongest fighting men that the army has to offer, you know. These are people who have been rejected by society, can't pay their debts, might belong in prison. Um, I'm not sure what it means by depressed unless it's just like somebody who, you know, I don't know, has got nothing left to live for. Um, but anyway, um, he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. Then David went from there to Mizpah of Moab and he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with you. Uh, till I know what God will do for me. So he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Now the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Heredith. Hereth. 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 Hereth? Hereth. Hearth. No, there's no A there. H-E-R-E-T-H. -E I'm going with Hereth. Hereth. I'm going with Hereth. Can you spell it? H E R E T H. Hereth, yeah. Hereth. Uh, kind of like Harris, but with a lisp. Hereth. 
There we go. Mike Tyson was saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harith. So, when Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered, now Saul was staying in Gibeah under a tamarisk tree in Ramah. When his spear, with his spear in his hand, and all his servants standing about him. Then Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, you Benjamites. Will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains and thousands and captains, uh, captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? All of you have, consi- have conspired against me, and there is one who reveals to me that my son has made a covenant with the son of Jesse. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me or revels or reveals to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as it is this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the son of Jesse go into Nob, the Ahimelech, uh, to Ahimelech the son of uh, Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him, gave him provisions, and gave him sword for, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. So the king sent to call Ahimelech, uh, the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all the father's house, and the priests who were in Nob. And they all came to the king. And Saul said, Here now, son of Ahitub. He answered, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, my Lord. Then Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse? in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as it is this day? So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house? Did I then Give begin me one to name. In- yeah. <laughs> Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant. Or to any, any, uh, or to any in the house of my father, for your servant knew nothing of all this, little or much. And the king said, "You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house." Then the king said to the guards who stood about him, "Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because he knew that when he fled and did not tell me, because he knew when he fled and did not tell it to me." But the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of the Lord. I mean, yeah, you know what you're asking us to do, right? No! (laughs) You do understand this. (laughs) I mean, that'd be, that'd be, you know, that'd be like some, oh, I don't know, Governor Roy Cooper coming up to our church and, you know, asking somebody in the congregation, you know, hey, go, uh, Go kill all the pastors around here, huh? They're not doing what I'm telling them to, you know. It's like, uh, uh, no. No? Not happening? I mean, I wouldn't even do that for you. I mean, come on, man. You're sick. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? That's a list, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's see. But the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, You turn and kill the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck the priests and killed that day 85 men who wore linen ephod. Also Nob, the city of the priests, he struck with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep, with the edge of the sword. Now one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abithar, escaped and fled after David. 
And Abathar told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priests. So David said to Abathar, I knew that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me, do not fear, for he who seeks my life seeks your life, but with me you shall be safe. Wow, Saul's a bad dude. I mean, killing his God's own priests and their families? Wow, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. So, anyway, um, this is all going to come back and bite Saul. And uh, it ain't going to be pleasant for him. But, that being said, uh, that's what happened. So, at the beginning of 22 here, David <clears throat> has departed and um, he's got together his little army of outcasts. And let's see. He went to, let's see. He went to the prophet, uh, uh, the prophet Gad and the prophet Gad said to David, don't stay in the stronghold, depart and go on to the land of Judah. And so they went to Hereth. And then call, uh, Saul came to town. And so basically, <laughs> everybody's against me. Everybody's against little old Saul. Nobody likes Saul. He's um, such the poor pitiful me. He really sure. is. Poor pitiful me. Like, nobody loves me. No. None of you, none of you wretches even told me that my son is conspiring against me. Because he's made a covenant with the son of Jesse, with David. You're and, all horrible. Right. You're 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 the worst. You know you, 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 the worst. Okay. You're just the worst. And uh I'm sure all of them are just sitting there just like, seriously, dude? It's like what? what? <laughs> and so anyway, David comes into town and says to the priest yo what for you came by and let david go huh why are you conspiring against me and the priest is like dude like we're talking about david here right <laughs> like your best servant on this planet is david like he does everything you tell him to he's uh, a great guy and he's never said anything bad about you or your family i mean like uh yeah why would i not trust that you know i mean it's he's like, only doing good things for you so of course i let him buy it all those other things that you mentioned i had no idea that that was even yeah, going does on even, does i mean now? sorry <laughs> and david's and saul's like you know well you dead because you helped david regardless of whether you said it's true or not you're dead gonna kill you all hey boys go go kill all of them and they're like you know leave ah, alive no we're not gonna do that actually i'm not gonna go kill god's priests or their families you're messed up what's wrong yeah, with you it's like uh that's that's just not gonna happen yeah i mean why would i want that on me yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, problems you're asking for here 
And so Saul's like, you know, you, what's his name? This guy's bad news. He's Saul's, oh, Doeg. Doeg the Edomite. Uh, so Saul's like, yo, Doeg, you do it. And so he does. Kills 85 priests that day. And then goes and kills all their families. Overachiever. Wives. He's yeah, trying, overachiever. He's trying yeah. to beat David yeah, out yeah, for the foreskins. Really you know, nursing infants. Golly, what a messed that's... up dude. Anyway, so that's that's the chapter of 22. Uh, Saul has come in and has roughed up the place. And David has made haste. Uh, oh, and there was one survivor. A survivor, anyway. And he comes in and he says, hey, David, all of this happened and everybody's dead now. Uh, sorry. And David's like, yeah, that's okay. It's not your fault. You you stay here and you're safe with me. Yeah. 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 So anyway, David is nothing if not understanding. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we're going to take, take a break, break there right and there. We'll be back. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. We're not ready! No, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're back. <laughs> All right, so... We're going to move into 23 here. And, um, let's see. David saves the city of Kaila. All right. Uh, let's see. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kyla, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Kyla. <laughs> attack them. He might have also added, <clears throat> Yeah, you know that you're good at this stuff, right? <laughs> Well, but David, but David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. Uh, how much of how much more than if we go to Kyla against <laughs> the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again. Basically, they're like, yeah, not sure if we're battle ready. We're kind of chicken over here. Really? I mean, not going to lie. Bok, bok, you know, and David's like, oh, Probably a good thing to know before going into battle. Right. Let's go talk to God again. <laughs> God, can you give my men lightning? No, <laughs> a little bit Lord, of courage. Yeah, the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kyla, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. God said that to David a lot. And David and his men went to Kyla and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, took away their livestock. So David saved, saved the inhabitants of Kyla, and his men were now a little bit <laughs> I always wanted afraid. these conversations when I was, like, going into court or something. and be like, right. Um, hey, God, am I going to win? So, yeah, can, can we do a David thing here? I mean, I had I had many conversations with, with the Lord, you know, in, in that kind of thing. Like, hey, can we have a deliver everybody into my hands and I win? You know, yeah, take like, home the trophy. It never worked out like that, but I'm always sitting there going, uh, can, can this be that one time? Yeah, that one time. We all get that one time, right? Yeah, just, just once. Know, I mean, hopefully that one time is not in the middle of Call of Duty, but is actually like in yeah. the middle of like yeah. something real. 
You know? <laughs> Just give me three stones and make it happen. Right. Uh, so David saved the inhabitants of Kyla. Now it happened when Abithar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David to Kyla, that he went down with his Kyla in his hand. Kyla, K-E-I-L-A-H. K-E-I-L-A-H. <laughs> it's like, a, it's almost, uh, I've heard names like that. So it's like, like Kaylee? Yeah, Kaylee. Or Kylie, I've heard Kylie, Kylie too. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Oh. I guess I hadn't put that together that Abathar is the son of Ahimelech. Yeah. Congratulations. Surprise! I have now. Uh, that he went down with an ephod in his hands, so he was kind of like, you know, hey, gotta... By the way... You know, it's probably his dad's <laughs> ephod. You know, his dad was the high priest. He might have taken it off of him. That's or, true. You know, if he's... His dad might have been the high priest, maybe, and maybe he was a priest... You know, if there's, you know, a priestly line, there's a bunch of priests there. He might have been one, too. I don't know. But anyway, he got his hands on an ephod. Um, and that's the that's the gold, cool, basically, yeah. chest plate that hangs around your neck and comes down over your chest. Um, wait. No, that, that was right? the robe. No, 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 no. The that's the robe. robe. The ephod's the robe. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. I'm thinking of something. That's the breastplate I'm thinking of. Um, no, yeah, the ephod is the rope. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, with that being said... <laughs> where was I? Oh, yeah. He went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kyla. Uh-oh. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand. For he shall shut himself in by uh, entering entering a town that has gates and bars. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Well. Nice. I, um, Saul's just messed up. Okay. L listen to his terminology. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand. Ho, ho, ho. It's like, really? You think God is going to be giving you David after what you just did. It's like, sit down, Saul. It's like, dude, really? You just killed 85 of that same God that you're talking about, his priests and their families, murdered all of them, okay, in cold blood. They literally didn't do anything. You just didn't have your way that day, okay? And, uh, and you now didn't you have think... your way that day. And now you think that, you know, uh, God's going to do your favors? Dude, you're going to be working against God. You have been working against God this whole time. And that doesn't time. seem like it's going to change. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to change. You know, you keep, you, you, you keep missing him. You know what I mean? Right. You had two chances and you muffed it twice. Four. Four chances? Remember, he tries to stab him twice each time. Oh. Maybe so. Anyway. You muffed it. Fail. Um, you go. Maybe God doesn't want David dead yet, and definitely not by your hand. And so, but good luck. The fact that you're sitting here saying, "Oh, God's delivered him into my hand," ha ha ha. It's like right, as if you're Maybe on God's side. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Let's see. 
Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Kila to besiege David and his men. Okay, tell me how that goes. When David saw, uh, when David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, which is all he does, really. Yeah, bring the ephod here. Then David said, "O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kila to destroy the city for my sake." Will the men of Kila deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. How many times have you prayed that? Please tell me, God, what are you going to do? Give me the secret. Yeah, <clears throat> endless. Cannot tell you how many times I've prayed that. You know? God, please just tell me. I want to know. Uh. Anyway. And the Lord said, he will come down. Okay, great, thank you. Then David said, will the men of Kila deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. They will deliver you. So David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Kila and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Kila, so he, he halted the expedition. Okay, so yeah. So David asked God, you know, will the men of Kila deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And God said, yeah, they will. Uh, so David and his men, about six hundred, they leave. It is told Saul that David had escaped from Kila, so he halted the expedition. David and wilderness strongholds. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains of the wilderness of Ziph. Z-I-P-H. Ziph. Saul, unless you want to call it Zip, but I think it's Ziph. Yeah, Ziph, I would say. Uh, Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hands. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Well, that David saw that Saul... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, "Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel. I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that." <laughs> Those are some comforting words. He's like, "Look, dude, don't worry. All right." You're going to be king. I'm going to be there with you. See, that's his biggest struggle. Even dad knows that. That's his know. biggest struggle, Saul. Yeah. Is um, my kingdom is being pulled. And I'm watching it happen. Mm -hmm. And not by war, but by God's hand, my kingdom is leaving right. me. That's yeah. his biggest struggle. Because there's nothing he can do about it. Right. Yeah. Sorry. He's yeah. just like my, literally watching the hand of God on a board Slowly game. Slowly sweep go, him off. That board. would be your kingdom now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Slowly checkmating him. <clears throat> Let's see. And so even Jonathan knows. Let's see. Um, even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, 
is David not hiding with us in the strongholds in the woods in the hill of the Hitch of the Hachila, uh, which is the south of Jeshimon? Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your own soul to come, uh, soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, "Blessed are you of the Lord. You have found compassion. You have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is, and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty." Therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you. And it shall be that if he is in the land, then I search for him throughout the clans of Judah. So they rose and went to Ziph. Boy, he's just so accommodating when they're, you know, willing to hand over David to him. Like, <coughs> oh, wonderful people, a little blessing on this little town here, yes, yes. Let's see. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore, they told David, therefore he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Then Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger, but a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. <laughs> Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at En Gedi. Thus endeth the story. Uh, chapter 23, anyway. I was about to say, the story? Yeah, goes the whole story on. of David is over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, David. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the that's end. It. That's that, the end. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and anyway. you see the big Pixar cartoon letters come up the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then the little lamp. Ding, ding, so, ding. Crank. <laughs> uh, sorry i had so, a five-year-old moment my bad yeah i have those all the time it's just uh, like i just in my mind that's exactly how i saw that we said the end it's just like yep i see the lamp come out mm -hmm. he jumped on the letters yep yep so anyway saul had david in his clutches all he had to do was go around the mountain and grab him. But again, God was like, I'm God just like, kidding. <laughs> hey, Saul, your pants are on fire. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, my lord, the Philistines, we need to go fight them. And Saul's like, uh, I guess I do, don't I? Shoot. Okay, David, another day. I will get you. <laughs> you know? So anyway, so Saul stomps off to go stamp out the Philistine invasion. And David gets away. And that is that. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of our reading for today. Um, on Thursday, we'll come back and we'll talk about David Spares Saul. Uh-huh. <coughs> And uh, <coughs> which is not something that Saul would do for David. No, no, that's that's what I was about to say. We see uh, 
Well, and you also got to think about it. You know, David is not, he's not suffering from delusions of grandeur right now. Right. You know, uh, David is definitely a man of God at this point, whereas Saul is definitely the one suffering from the delusions of grandeur. But yes, yes. I delusions. Better than, better than everyone else. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, anyway, um, uh, that's all we got for today. Do you have something interesting to say about Texas? I, I do. So oh, the right. I know, I know. So the Texas is home to the largest ranch in the world. Wow. And what's the name of this ranch? The King Ranch. The King Ranch. The how King big ranch. is it? The King Ranch. I, I was ranch? actually, how many acres do you think it is? Because I was actually rather surprised. It's not all contiguous. But each contiguous section is larger than Rhode Island. <laughs> that, that was actually amazing to me when I read that. I was like, really? Wait, hold on. <laughs> that That's very big. I don't know if that says something about Texas or about Rhode Island. Or both. <laughs> well, Rhode Island is very small. So each section. miles across the state, I think. Um. So, yeah. So how many... Uh, how many, How many acres, acres do you think it is? Uh, 10,000 <clears throat> acres. 1,225,000 ah! acres. Over a million acres? 1,225,000 acres. Would that go for about um, 350,000? I don't 000? know. It was founded <laughs> in 50, 1852, not 1952. Um, over a million acres. Yes. Four contiguous or, or four non-contiguous divisions. It's the largest ranch in the world. I believe it. Yeah. It's in Kingsville, Texas. In Clayburg County. Is that all of Clayburg County? It, it actually covers four counties. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's in, it's in four different counties. Dang. Um, the taxes on that, but just think about that uh -huh. for a second. The tax nightmare, you'd have to hire somebody just for that. It was founded by Captain Richard King and Gideon K. Lewis. It includes portions of six Texas counties, most of Clayburg, much of Kennedy, and with portions extending to Brooks, Wells, Nooses, and Willacy. Wow. <coughs> King Ranch is a, uh... That's a that's a package for a truck, isn't it? Uh, Ford actually has a they have a they have a King Ranch. They have a King Ranch. It was uh it was a branding certificate. They they essentially are paying for branding logos mm -hmm. to they're paying royalties to King Ranch to use their, their yeah. Branding. Whenever I see a King Ranch, it looks like the the bed is pretty big and pretty deep too. Well, it's it's the same it's the same uh it's the same printout as another truck. Oh. You just have like. Uh, say different uh, like the King Ranch, the big staple for the King Ranch trucks has always been um, one hundred percent cowhide. It's raw cowhide. Mm. Like when you get a King Ranch truck, you get a kit of leather stuff to take care of. It comes your truck. with a cow in it. It comes with actual <laughs> like genuine. If you don't use this to take care of your leather seats, they they will crumble because it's yeah, real real leather. leather. That was the big staple of the King Ranch trucks. Yeah. Is it's not pleather, it's not any of that. It's not vinyl. It's legitimate Real leather. leather. Yeah, and <clears throat> that came out. I think they started doing that in 05, 06. Okay, <coughs> that, that's not the only thing King Ranchy about it, is it? 
Well, that's uh, it carries their branding. It has a lot of leather stuff on it, but okay. as far as that, yeah, okay. that's about that's about the extent of it. There's no there's no extra bells or whistles or. I mean, yes, but I mean, it it changes from year to year. Like the King Ranches have uh, uh, back massagers in it now. Ah, didn't used to. Okay, nice. Uh, but that, then again, so do the higher models of uh, trucks too. Well, after the King Ranch, but those yeah. kind of features start at the King Ranch and then go up. Okay. Uh, but exclusively, the one labeling like staple feature of the King Ranch trucks yeah. is that brown raw leather. And uh, as you see here, that's the that's the King Ranch. Logo. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what's on all of the. But yeah, that's where it is. It's off the side of Corpus yeah. in Kingsville. And it looks like it had some dealings as well in the uh, in in the which mind civil you, war, mind you, that doesn't you know that million acres doesn't actually take up that much of Texas. No, <laughs> it's pretty small as far as Texas goes. But uh, it's anyway, eighty three square miles. Yeah, eighty three square miles. That's just that's just incredible. Wow, big ranch. No, it's it's absolutely huge. Big doesn't even like touch well, I mean, it. Considering it's the biggest in the world, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Th th that is something to take home. Yes, it and, is. And knowing that they actually, you know, they don't just deal in cows. They deal in horses. They deal in cows. Hey, they have different branding certificates. Well, that I many mean, acres, are... you could do pretty much anything. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those that, you know... You could literally have several towns on your ranch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, colonies of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's that. it's absolutely huge. Uh, the Rio Grande actually goes through one of the really? the, the areas making it non-contiguous. Uh, um, so the Rio Grande actually goes through the King Ranch. Interesting. Which is, uh, they apparently had some steamboat reflagging during the Civil War. Huh. Yeah, so apparently they, they were kind of... Using, I guess, that as a runway huh, during the Civil War for uh, for the Navy. Huh, that's cool. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. I was just reading reading that, but I I had no, I was really on on level with you. I was thinking twenty five, thirty thousand acres. That's kind of where my thousand was. acres. It's just still a freaking big lot. You know, um, but million acres. Oh, one point two million higher. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It started out as eight hundred thousand. When did they get their million? Uh, well, that's only two hundred thousand more. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, it's crazy. Well, there you go. That's what we got. Um, come see us again on Thursday, and we will talk more about David and how David spares Saul, which will be very interesting. Be very interesting. So look forward to that, and uh, God bless you all, and we'll. See y'all next time. Adios. Adios. Hey guys, Brig Lance with the Texans Take Podcast. Thanks for listening. Join us. Listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. 